Pastor Mike McCoy, welcoming you to the Time of Truth. Randy had no idea I was preaching out of Luke 16 and verse 19 today. We hadn't talked about it, hadn't said a word to him about it. And, uh, Jeff, as far as I know, is the only one that knew what I was, the text I was going to use, but I'm using Luke. Chapter 16, verse number 19, I have zero, I haven't made an outline, don't have any notes, I don't, I don't even know what I'm doing with this, just to be honest, other than this one thing that's on my mind this morning, I've got a single thought that God gave me a few days ago, and, uh, and uh, he's been cultivating it since then, and, and uh, I, I could go a thousand directions. I'm praying that God will, that God will direct my mind and put me on the path. Now, the reading of this is very lengthy. Normally, I read one or two verses. Reading today is very lengthy. I want you to, from verse 19 down all the way through 31, I'll read long and try to preach short. How about that? Luke 16, verse 19, if you found it, shout amen. amen. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. Now, as an American, that's what you're doing. You don't think you are, but you're faring sumptuously every day. You've got something at the table every time you go. Uh, you're, you're doing well. You're doing well. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores. And desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table, moreover, the dogs came. And licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angel into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell, he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am tormented in this flame. There's many liberal theologians today and, 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 and different religious organizations that, that take this out and they, they, they want to remove this or they say that's not what it means. This is some of the most stern warning that the Lord Christ gives himself. This is Jesus speaking. I'd say it would do us well to give heed to what he says. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren, 
that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Everybody in hell's an evangelist. Abraham saith unto him, they have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. At this time, they didn't have the New Testament. It's being written. Jesus is speaking it 30 years after this, post there about. I won't argue with times and dates. Jesus, they're going to record this, what Jesus has spoken. Jesus is speaking this. New Testament's not there. So by the law is the knowledge of sin. That's how you know you're lost. He said, let them hear them. He said, nay. Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, if they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded though one rose from the dead. Father, I love you and I thank you for the morning, the time, the songs I've got leaving on my mind. Lord, we ask you, you'd bless this word. <clears throat> Can't ask too much of my God. Lord, we pray that you would fill my mouth and guard my tongue. Preach this hillbilly preacher with accuracy inside the bounds of the holy writ. You throwed me a nugget or two this morning, Lord. <laughs> let me throw it. Let me give it to you people today. And then the people that's sitting here, it's lost and on their way to hell I pray today God the Holy Ghost would go where they are, convince them of their lost condition, and they would come and call upon the name of the Lord before it's everlasting too late. And I pray you'd get the glory and the honor out of everything that's said and done. And Father, we're going to praise you and ask it all in my king's name, Jesus. Amen. And amen. Thinking on this passage of Scripture. <laughs> I'm not trying to jump ahead of Brother Gordon. We're in Luke. I don't know if this is the direction the Sunday school writer will go when we get to this particular passage or not. But here is my thought on this passage of Scripture. Now, this isn't a message on hell per se. 90% or more percent of the time that I preach this passage, I've preached it for years. Brandon, over and over, I've preached this on hell. I've preached about the that the rich man being in torments, hell, hell being a, a real place, a literal place, and, and uh, you'll get all kinds of debate on that this morning, uh, and, but I believe that hell is a place of torment. If you want to use the original and call it Hades and Sheol from the Old Testament and Hades uh, in the, the place of the dead, the place of the dead, that's what this means, the word hell. The place of the departed spirits. It's where the spirits live. But I want you to recognize something this morning. That there's two different places of the dead folk in this particular passage of scripture. One fellow's doing real well and the other fellow's doing real bad. And it's that way forever. It's doing real good forever or real bad forever. Say, well, I've got it pretty bad here, preacher. You don't have it as bad as the people in hell's got it today. Uh, they're begging for one drop of water to cool their tongue. Uh, they're wondering, will they ever get out of there? 
The Bible's very plain in Revelation uh, chapter 20 when he said the dead, the, the, the death and hell gave up the dead. That's the natural and the spiritual being reunited once again. And there the dead, small and great, stand before God. And God says, hey, depart into a lake of fire, everlasting fire. People say, I don't believe that. Just keep living where you are. I'm, I'm not fussing at you. I'm preaching to you. Just keep living where you're at. Never pay no mind to God. Never seek the Lord. Never be saved. Never ask him. We'll just kick the dust off our feet and go down the road to somebody else. Tell them about it. Maybe they'll receive it. I don't like this kind of preaching. Too bad. When I was lost and undone, I didn't like it either. But you can't scare me with that passage of Scripture. You can preach hell so hot, you can smell the smoldering embers. Bless God, rolling, and I'll stand on the banks of the old Jordan and shout, Hallelujah! Hallelujah! I'm not going to hell! And that's how I'd normally preach this passage. But that's not how I'm preaching it this morning. My thought of this, Jimmy Pleasant, I've been praying for you. It's not right when Jimmy's not on the bench. Brother Brand sitting here today, sick, at home, not right. Jimmy May struggling to walk now, trying to get better. Nadine's not been here in two moons and a coon's age. Can't stand up, falling down all over the place. Listen, this one's got that, that one's got this. It's trouble on every hand. One of these days, it'll be you. You don't think it will be. You're just going to wake up one of these days, and it's going to be you. I never thought I'd live with pain. I thought you just got up feeling good every day, and I couldn't understand when people didn't get up and just could go and not struggle and hurt and carry on. And then I woke up with pain one day. And he must have liked it because he's still there. He just showed up and stayed. Brought his recliner, kicked back, throwed his feet up and said, I'm not going anywhere. Here I am. And I'm thinking on this passage of Scripture, Brother Paul Phillips, you're living in that place and have for the last five years, I know, I know. I, I, mine hadn't maybe been on the level of Paul's, but I understand what that's about. Say, so where are you going with this preacher? I'm waiting on the brother to show up and tell me. But here's where I've been thinking on this passage of Scripture, and the title of my message is, The Last Bad Day. The Last Bad day. We think about pain and suffering and sorrow. I want us to get in the place of Lazarus this morning. I want us to get to that place. Listen, I know the Bible said, night cometh when no man can work. Jesus told Peter, said, hey, there's going to be a time they're going to lead you where you don't want to go. You're going to be led by someone and something you don't want to go there. And there you are. But let me tell you, this morning, Oh, Lazarus is in this place. He is laid by the gate. Now, 
here's a, here's a thought that's coming. He's, he's got a waiting day. Now he's waiting, he's waiting for alms, for breadcrumbs, for something. Now, I've heard it preached that dogs licking them was the relief to this guy. I disagree. If your dog licks me, I'm going to kick him in the mouth. Because dogs lick stuff shouldn't be licked. And then they lick you in the mouth. I just lost half of my congregation right there. <laughs> the dogs are licking him, Bubba. You know what the Jews considered a dog? The lowest form of any living being. You know what they call the Gentiles? Dogs. You know what this is a picture of in my mind, Roland? It's a picture of the lowest form of life coming and licking on this guy. He couldn't even run the dogs off. He is laying there in a terrible state. He is laid. Get that. He doesn't walk up there and lay down himself. Somebody done brought him to the place and laid him down. Why is he there? They didn't just take him down to the slum or the ghetto and laid him out down there. No, they brought him to the rich man's table. They brought him to the rich man's gate. They laid him where hopefully somebody's going to walk by, see this pitiful condition this guy's in, and throw him a few pennies or some breadcrumbs, and obviously he's desiring to be fed with them, but it never said he got any. I've heard it preached that, that well, at least the rich guy didn't run him off. He's laying there, Richard, and he's unable. Here's what it's a picture of. He's unable to do anything for himself. And he lays there. He's laid at his gate. We don't know how many days he laid there, but we know he's laying there today. In this story, he's at the rich man's gate. The rich man fares sumptuously. That means he's putting on the dog, if you would, so to speak. He's got people coming over. It's party time at the rich man's house. People's walking by. It's not on. Listen, everybody's seeing Lazarus laying at the gate. And here's what Lazarus has got. Lazarus has sorrow. There's no doubt. If any of you have been in a, in a poor condition of health, I'm telling you, it'll bring sorrow. And you get in pain long enough It'll start to mess with your mind. When, it, when, it, when, it, when the pain never goes away, when you go to bed with the pain, you wake up with the pain, the pain never goes away. Some of you sitting there don't have a clue what I'm talking about. Just keep living. And it never goes away. And then, Brother Paul, you'll amen this, it begins to mess with your mind. You think I'm no good for nothing? I can't do what I once done? I don't know why God's leaving me here. Just take me home and get me out of my sorrow. Elizabeth Elliot said this about sorrow. Said the best definition of sorrow, and I, I amen this. It's not Webster's definition, but I think it's better. Sorrow is having what you don't want or not having what you do. That's about as good as for sorrow and suffering a definition as I can come that I've ever heard given. It's having what you don't want but then not having what you do want. Here he is, he's laying at that gate. Jerry, let's say 
He's laid there a lot of days. The Bible doesn't say how many days, Mike Rimmer. It just said he's laid at his gate. Let's say he's been there a while, Jimmy. And every day, it's the same thing. It's sorrow and suffering. Sorrow and suffering every day. There he is. He goes to bed. You get a hold of this. Oh, God help me. Help me paint a picture. He goes to bed in sorrow and suffering. He wakes up, Randy Weaver, in sorrow and suffering. And you know what adds to that sorrow? Boy, that's good, Jimmy. That wasn't what I was going to use, but thank you for that. Rejection. There it is. Amen. Nobody's contributing to him. He's not getting crumbs. He just wanted crumbs. He's not asking him for a loaf of bread. He's not asking him for a fatty calf or some roasted lamb. He's not asking for the big things. He's just looking for a few crumbs from a rich man's table. And the rich man don't have time to spare just a few crumbs. Rejection. That's good. He goes to bed with it, and he wakes up with it. He goes to bed with it, and he wakes up with it. You're here today, you're broken, you're in a place of sorrow, you're in a place of suffering. It's not always physical. A lot of times, I'll tell you, mental suffering and anguish is worse than physical, I believe. When you get in that place and your mind's not clear, And you're trying your best to overcome and the attack is in your mind and in your head 24 hours, 7 days a week and it's not letting up. And you're wondering why in the world I just need a little peace. I just need some peace from this. And over and over, you're hearing it every day. Some, some of you may be living in that place right now that it's just over. It's continual. It's not stopping. It's there. You're just like Lazarus at the gate. You're just looking for a breadcrumb to satisfy you. You need something to help you. You're in a bad way. You never dreamed you'd be where you're at right now, but here you are. You're thinking, how in the world do I get out of this? Because you know what it is? It's one bad day after another. Go to bed in a bad day. Wake up. In a bad day. Over and over and over. But you know what? We can take we, we can take solace in this very fact right here. That this life's but a vapor. It appeareth for a little time and vanisheth away. Now all you young people in here today say that's the most discouraging preacher I ever heard in my life. But you'll blink. One of the girls, uh, Lexi and Allie's coming up the hall. I spoke to one of the babies, and there's so many around here, I don't know which one it was. Hallelujah. The rest of you get busy and have us some more. Raise them up in the house of God. I spoke to one of the babies, and Lexi, or Allie, I guess it was, said, that used to be us. 
And I said, I used to be you. <laughs> no way. Oh, yeah. I used to be Carter. Carter's eight. Yeah. And all of a sudden, a lot of years have gone by, and I'm wondering how I got here so fast. But I'll say this, Dennis. I never had a life like Lazarus. Anytime I ever went to bed in one way, there was hope I was going to wake up in a different way the next day. There's hope it wasn't going to be as bad as it was when I went to bed. It was going to be better. But I want you to notice something. This will, paint, this will help you. One of these days when you get in a bad place, you're going to think it's not always going to be this way. It was that way for Lazarus every morning, every evening. And then one day, and then one day the Lord said, you're not going to suffer anymore. I'm about to take you out of the... When he calls me, I will answer, here am I. Sung the right song this morning, Marcus. You've suffered long enough, Lazarus, and you've been witness long enough to the rich guy who didn't have any time for you, and your suffering's about to end, and his is about to begin. I'm about to take you to a place you've had your last bad day. You're never going to go to bed and feeling bad. You're never going to wake up sorrowful anymore. I'm going to bring you to the place where there's no more sorrow, suffering, or pain. Hey, there's no tears where I'm bringing you to. You're not going to have to be sorry. You're not going to sin. You're not going to be in that place of, can I ever get out of this? You're going to be in a place you don't ever want to leave. Where is that place? That place is in the presence of the Lord. And he has his last bad day. There's coming a day when we have our last bad day. It's not going to hurt anymore. You're not going to have to apologize anymore. You're not going to offend anyone anymore. You're not going to be offended anymore. You're not going to have to worry about what you eat or what you don't eat. You're not going to have to worry about being shamed for looking this way or that way. You're not going to have to worry about somebody being in a crowd that rejects you or don't like you. You're going to be in the crowd where everybody there loves you as much as they love theirself. You're going to be in a place like you ain't never been before. Hey, we got to have some bad days. But one of these days, it's the last bad day. The rich man died and never had another good day. Never. Never. Still bad today. No good days. What in your mind right now, think of the worst day you ever had in your life. Think of the worst day you've ever had in your life. And then think it being that worse than that 
forever. I don't know about you, but I don't want that right there. I don't want the worst day of my life forever. I want it one of these days, Randy. It'll be my last bad day. How can you be sure you've got that? Because as bad as my days has ever been, they've never been a day like the day Jesus spent on Calvary. The worst day in the history of the world, six hours on Calvary, many more hours than that, but six hours on the cross. The, the hours leading up to the cross that night of beating and, and punishment, and then before Pilate and the scourging, and then after the scourging, the carrying of the cross beam until it's put on Simon, and Simon carries, and then they get him to Calvary, and they nail him to that cross, and they hoist him up, and for six hours, Jason, It's a long day. But he's awaiting for that day to be here. For the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross. He despised the shame. But he endured the cross and he done it for everybody in this room. That Jake, nobody here would die without him. Don't believe all that, preacher. Just keep living where you're at. I was watching a show, watching a video yesterday afternoon. They asked about 15 people out there on the beach in California, are you an atheist? And they was pro, proudly proclaiming, yes, we are. Yes. And they boast, were very boastful about it. Yes. One guy said, any of these people that think you do any more than die and rot in the ground is out of their mind. I said, just let me stay crazy. I know in whom I have believed. The Spirit hath revealed to me by the word of God who it was that got up on the third day. Quickly, quickly. Lazarus. This might be another message. Lazarus gets up and goes to be at the Lord. Is he in a body? Not yet. But on the day of the resurrection, there was not spirits that got up, but there was bodies that got up after Jesus' resurrection. This is for you people that want a nugget when you come to church. There was bodies that got up after Jesus' resurrection. Matthew 27, go home and read it for yourself. Doesn't say spirits got up. said the bodies. The bodies got up. Now, how do you know they were bodies? Because of what we just studied some months back in Leviticus chapter 23. So, but I don't make no sense. Oh, yeah, now let's go to first fruits. And you know what he told him? You know what the first fruit was. Everybody know we, we studied that. We know that's a picture of Jesus. He's the first fruit. Paul said it again, reiterated, so we'd all know who the first fruit was. The first fruit of the resurrection was Jesus come up in a glorified body. And then he said in Matthew, and I just got this early in the morning, that 
that the bodies are there. And I'm thinking, it doesn't say a spirit there. It says a body. And you know why it had to be bodies? Because a sheaf has more than one kernel. You go home and study Leviticus 23. And you know what he said about the first fruits? It was a wave sheaf. Not a wave grain. A sheaf has many more. And they walked around in the body. Now, it doesn't say where them people went. I think they went to be with Christ. Why would he have resurrected them and let them die again if he put them back in that kind of body? Lazarus had to wait upon the resurrection of Jesus. Lazarus was carried into Abraham's bosom. Lazarus was in paradise. The others are in eternal perishing. And they're watching. Now the perishing part's still there. But after the resurrection, Jesus told the thief on the cross, Today, you're going to be with me in paradise. And according to Ephesians 4, we believe that when he led captivity captive, he, took, he moved paradise. Now some don't agree with that. But that's my, that's my understanding of the scripture. That he moved it. So what happens to me Jimmy. If I fall over dead right now. Well you get me. You take care of me up here at the funeral home. They put a suit on me. and I hope they. I'm going to tell. Sew a smile on my face. Most people look. They, they, they you know, try to make them look bad. Or just try to make them look dead. I want to smile. Stitch each corner. Don't make me look like uh, the Joker or that, uh, or that woman that preaches on TV. Uh, Joyce the Joker, whatever. Don't, don't make me look like that, but put a, put a little smile on my face. Because, Gordon, I've had my last bad day. I won't ever get a bad phone call. I won't hear about nobody leaving. I won't hear about nobody being sick. I won't hear about nobody suffering. I won't hear about family, marital problems, children problems. All them things one of these days, and that's what God called me to do. But one of these days, Roland, I've had my last bad phone call. Glory to God, I'm going home to heaven. And if you want to go, you can go too. He won't make you go. Come to the piano. He won't make you go. <laughs> but he made a way for you to go. You've never been saved. You ought to call upon the name of the Lord before it's too late. We stand to our feet. We're in a place song soft. Everybody in the building bows their head. Bow your heads with me. Would every, with every head bowed, would every born again Christian in this room Stretch your right hand toward the sky and say, that's me. 
That's me, that's me. I'm born again and I know it. I'm born again and I know it. I'm born again. Keep them up. I'm born again and I know it. And if God come and got, call me out right now, heaven's going to be my eternal estate. There's not a doubt in my mind that one of these days I'll spend my last bad day. Hands back down. Unless you're in physical affliction and couldn't raise it. Or you're just unsure. Or you're afraid. Would you come right now and say, I'm going to change that. If you ever ask that question again, I'm going to raise my hand to heaven and say, I've been born into the family of God. Is there one that come forward this morning? Just one. Is there one that come? Son or daughter? Dad or mom, grandpa or grandma? I'm gonna come right now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna know when I leave this building today. <coughs> Should I get a in an accident or something called my way, I've settled it. And I'm going to be gloriously saved. Is there one? Marcus, if you'll come get that song, just as I am, sing me a verse and a chorus. No one moves, we're going to close. Pastor Mike McCoy, thanking you for joining us at the Time of Truth.